0: Hi friends, you're tuned in to Legal Means Business, a podcast by Leeway. We're joined by some amazing guests who help us identify how to take your legal function and career to the next level. I'm your host, Steph Smith, and we're talking all things legal ops and legal tech, as well as other critical skills needed to help you thrive in the evolving in-house arena. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube, or listen on the go through Spotify or Apple podcasts. If you enjoy the conversation, please do hit subscribe and let us know what you think on social.
1: I think legal is the perfect place to be disruptive. And and I say that, (laughs) <laughs> in, a, in a nice way, you know, don't disrupt everything and don't do illegal things. But I think like yeah. the, the law firm world is easily disrupted. The in-house world is, is relatively easily disrupted as well. And I think that means that you have the opportunity to make good trouble and to sort of raise raise the bar of what legal should be and have a point of view. I mean, this is something I talk about a lot and this is not necessarily just with legal, it's, you gotta have a point of view. And I say that in the sense of, we have an internal meeting and somebody comes with a problem. My biggest pet peeve is when you don't have a suggestion or a solution.
0: Let's face it, legal traditionally hasn't been the business's favorite team. But thanks to developments in legal operations, legal tech, And of course with mindsets, legal teams are increasingly delivering significant business value. That said, it can be a bit of an uphill battle if your business isn't open to receiving this new era of legal support. So how can in-house lawyers build this legal brand internally? I'm excited to be exploring exactly this in today's episode with Andy Dale. Andy is the General Counsel and Chief Privacy Officer at AI-powered B2B gifting platform, Alice. And he's also the co-host of the Data Protection Breakfast Club podcast, presented by TechGC. With well over a decade of in-house experience, Andy is well-versed in what it takes to position your legal department in a way that enables you to deliver the best outcomes. And you'd be surprised how much easier it is to make an impact when the business views legal as a trusted partner. So without further ado, let's find out how to build the legal team's brand internally. (laughs) Well, hi, Andy. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, you? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. Delighted to have you. And I was just saying to you before before we hit record that your your setup is absolutely brilliant with your for from your own podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been really fun. Uh, we got these this equipment from our friends at Tech GC who help us with the podcast. And uh, yeah, it's a we're we're all pro we're all pros here.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, being considering that we are the the Legal Means Business podcast, we do quite like to start off by exploring what you believe is the role of legal in business.
1: Big question, big question. Yeah. Uh, I, I think probably like a lot of people, my take on that that topic has changed over the years as I've gotten mm-hmm. through different jobs and done different things. I think when I first joined a law firm, it's a very different answer than when you actually go and work in a company. And mm-hmm. when I was in a law firm, it was very transactional. Let me help you with this problem. And so I felt very sort of on the sidelines and, and trying to be helpful, but not necessarily knowing what, what their business would be like. And once I got into a company, I understood really quickly that you have to learn the business first. The The legal work is, is I, I mean, arguably secondary to, to mm-hmm. the work that's happening. So if you understand your business really well, it started to become clear to me that uh, that makes me a better lawyer. Not necessarily yeah. knowing the answer to things because I'll never know the answer to things. And so I think I think the role of the lawyer is to deeply understand the business, synthesize those goals into the challenges or advantages that the law brings and then mm-hmm. like help push the business forward that way.
0: Yeah, totally. No, I, lo- I love that outlook on it as well because I mean, I don't know in your experience what the kind of onboarding of a, a lawyer um, is in an in-house context. But I suppose generally when you join a business in any role, you do spend part of that induction phase learning about the business, about the values, about the different teams, et cetera. Um, and I guess that's really important. and probably not something you're so used to if your only experience um, has been in a law firm, I suppose
1: it's very different. and And when I joined Datazoo, which was an ad tech company, that particular technology is exceedingly confusing. And mm-hmm. so it, 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 I was told by all the people it's going to take you a while to understand this and how it works. And luckily, I had people that were willing to sit with me and whiteboard it and draw it and show data flows and where data is going. And like you just, and so then I tried to pay that forward and do that for everyone I hired. And I do that, you know, when, whenever I get the opportunity to have other people on a team with me, I make sure. That a big part of their onboarding is talking to other people in the business, understanding mm-hmm. what their roles are, and and understanding the actual technology and what it actually does or the actual service we provide or what products we provide. So that's the foundation to me. And and I mm-hmm. think you have to push for it a little bit. And, and so you have yeah. to ask for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's a good point, actually, because what's your opinion on how legal tends to be seen within the business?
1: Yeah, it's, that's changed too over time, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and I think for the better. Um, it used to be, you know, there used to be a, a sort of this standard path to the GC, which would be either you're their outside counsel on the corporate side, and then you decide, ah, I'd like to go work for this company. Or then the company decides, we'd like you to come work for us. And that just changed over time. That, that, that changed. And now there are multiple paths inside. And so I think that has shifted and changed the role and perception of what legal is inside the business. People Mm -hmm. are joining at a younger age. People are skipping law firms and going right in-house. That's that's clearly a thing. Whereas 15 years ago, that wasn't happening really. It was really like the path is law school, law firm, in-house, and not necessarily deviating from that pattern. And that has changed a lot. So what that means is Sort of what we were talking about before, it allows that person to get into the business much earlier and understand exactly what the business is trying to achieve on the ground. And so I think mm-hmm. then then that leads that lawyer to being more involved, more proactive, seen as the department of enablement instead of the department of, hey, that's risky. yeah, let's let's not do that. or let instead, let's problem solve together. And so from my perspective, Your brand as a lawyer inside the company is really important. And that Mm. means establishing culture. What is the culture Mm. of legal in this company? If you have a lot of data or privacy or security issues, put those at the forefront. This is something we care about a lot. All of this is to put yourself out there as a legal team that is literally working in lockstep with the business and not in the corner you know, reading an erudite book and then lobbing uh, a memo over a fence and saying, okay, well, good luck, everybody. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's the opposite of what you want.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and you spoke about there how kind of building the brand of, of legal internally and creating that kind of legal culture is, is a way to, to make this shift to better in-house legal. What does it mean to you to, to build that brand internally?
1: I think establishing day one that you're there to help and that you're there and accessible. So many legal teams that I've seen or heard about um, from people, it comes with the territory of large companies sometimes, which I've also been in, where you can't Mm -hmm. be as responsive and you can't be as proactive. You have a million things and there's just literally a queue, excuse me, a queue of things that you need to, to try to get to. So you can't be as proactive as you'd like. But that's one thing that people say, but I actually think it's not true. And I think mm, that mm-hmm. and I think that that needs to change. When I was working at TD Ameritrade, we were you know multiple thousand person company, public company with a pretty lean legal team for the size of our company. Um, we probably yeah. only <clears throat> we probably only had thirty five lawyers in the business. And a company of that size today, would have three x the number of lawyers. So yeah, we operated lean, and and that meant that we needed to focus on certain things, and we would push things outside. But it allowed us to to uh, still we were able to still be accessible to the business, and still make our our uh, strategic value known by going and talking to people and being accessible and being available. And I think those are the things that that I view as, as critical, like setting the, you're setting that culture that we're mm-hmm. here, we're partner, we're strategic.
0: And you're so right. I think especially no, almost no matter what size your legal function is, there's always that push for, you know, doing more with less type situation. And there's so many different ways that we're seeing people doing that, whether it's adopting legal tech or um we had someone on the podcast recently talking about distributed ownership so trying to empower other teams to to deal with um legal matters that they're best suited to i suppose which is quite interesting so there's lots of different things that um legal teams are trying to to ease the burden of the legal workload i suppose which is interesting
1: yeah <clears throat> yeah having a tech stack is important but i mm. think you know Legal, le- le- running a legal department at any size certainly involves like understanding what your budget is going to be and what your how you forecast that spend is really important. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is I do that every year. I like sit down with finance, I forecast what our budget is going to be. <clears throat> I think about where we're going to spend money. But, but legal cost and legal expense and legal problems, they just come up. And so, like, mm. you can forecast pretty well, but, but <laughs> nailing that nailing that number is very difficult. You know, right yeah. now, there are so many unpredictable things. I didn't predict there would be a war. So, right yeah, now, there's course. a war that actually has impact on, on my business. I couldn't. I mean, I guess I could have foreseen you reading an article and you're thinking this could happen, but I don't mm. tie that directly to my budget. I can't. Yeah. I don't have the foresight. I can't. For, um, I can't look into a crystal ball and say we're going to acquire three companies. I can't look mm-hmm. into a crystal ball and say we're, we're we are or not going to get sued. So there's yeah. there's this there's this tendency to set a number, but then that number gets <laughs> gets obliterated, and and so that, then it's this very difficult dance with finance and with the business to say what are we doing, what are we not doing, what are we focusing on, how do we move things mm-hmm. around. Um, and how do we mm-hmm. still achieve our goals?
0: Yeah, for sure. So you obviously have quite a good relationship. It sounds with, sounds like with finance and the like. So I guess for yourself, um, at Alice, how how have you and how do you go about building your this internal brand of legal?
1: It's a good question. I think it, 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 the, those connections are really important that you mentioned. Mm-hmm some people view the ceo as the most important connection especially if that's who they're working for i think that connection is important but i don't i don't i wouldn't stratify it with the ceo at the top i would say there's a level Mm -hmm. that's kind of all the same and it includes the ceo and if you're in a tech company the cto is a very important relationship to have so the Mm -hmm. the technology the ceo and sales and i and i one a is product because I think product connects tech and sales. And so I think you really mm. need to be sitting with all of those. Not, not to say that my relationship with the head of people or the CMO is any different. It, but I think for establishing legal culture, those other ones come first. Um, especially mm. if you're in a sales-driven organization, that, that can be key, that sales relationship. Because sales and legal have this perception of a fraught relationship. And, and I just think I just think that's garbage. I don't think it has to be that way.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and bringing it completely back to basics, how do you go about building these relationships? Some of it's luck. It might seem luck. like a silly question, <laughs> but I know it's a bit of a challenge for some.
1: Some of it's luck. I think some of it is stuff that I picked up over time, over the years. When I worked at TD Ameritrade, um, One of the – the company was headquartered in Omaha, but the, one of the biggest offices was in Jersey City right, out, right outside of New York. And so that's where a lot of my internal business teams were working. So mm. I traveled there frequently and I just showed up. When we had certain meetings, I showed up for them. When we had people that I had done deals with, I walked up to them and I had coffee with them in their office. I didn't like – walk into their office and say, I'd really like to establish a key relationship with you right now, (laughs) because I think it'll it'll drive our careers professionally. But you know, (laughs) like, how's your dog? You know, how was your commute Mm -hmm. today? Do you want to get coffee? What's bothering you today? What's what's really great about your team right now? Like just little things like that, that's really important. You know, that's a big reason I joined Alice. Alice is about personal connections. And I just really believe in that, you know, it, at my core, because that, mm-hmm. that like proved itself valuable to me early on in my career. And when I worked with people in the business, uh, at Ameritrade, I did a lot of um, vendor contracts, big vendor deals. And we had a procurement team and I worked with them on some of these deals. And inevitably, the folks on the procurement team that got up from their desk and went to people's offices, that like got on the phone, actually flew out and met people, well, they did better. And, and they made better relationships, and, and it just allowed them to be better at their jobs. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm not uh, espousing any great wisdom here, but I think making those actual personal connections really matters. And then some of it is luck. Uh, at my last company, I sat right next to the CTO. You know, I mean, that was lucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and we just were able to organically raise boom, boom, boom. Like, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Why did that happen? You know, and that kind of stuff. I sat like one pace from the CFO. Like that; mm-hmm. those are the things, and and um, and that's why it works, I think. And it, and it you know, I think that I think the 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 culture of tech companies in general, having open floor concept and being in offices together, things are different now with people being remote. So there's mm-hmm. there's different challenges, but back then. I think a big thing to do is sort of just turn and tap someone on the shoulder and solve a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think you're totally right. Like the, the value of just basic human relationships can't be underestimated. And I think especially probably for the legal team, um, because obviously there's a bit of a perception that there's quite a barrier between legal and the rest of the business. So I think when people get to know you on a a personal level, it completely, Annihilates the the perception that some people may have um, from you know stereotypes or the way things maybe traditionally were. So totally, don't think the human relationships can be underestimated.
1: Well, that must be something you're you're dealing with as well, right? I mean, I think it's there's some some of what you said is is totally right about legal and maybe what, but you could say the same thing about engineers, um, mm-hmm. and you could yeah, say I the same say. thing about others. And totally. so I think like we are missing some of that. I think there's a balance that we're going to find. Yeah. I think everybody, at least in the US, working too hard, going into the office too much, working all hours of the day. And I think some separation has been really nice. And um, we've had to work hard to maintain the culture and maintain the connections mm-hmm. that we have with people. But optimal, in an optimal world, yeah, like we could see each other in person a day or two a week and still be really productive at home
0: yeah totally yeah totally with you and you're right it's it's completely all the different teams and i think yeah remote working does present a few challenges to to break down those barriers if you're generally only working on work matters with the teams that you yeah. you work with it can be a challenge but yeah i'm seeing companies are certainly um breaking down those barriers for sure even in a remote culture so that's pretty cool yeah so It's obviously important to build relationships with stakeholders across the business. Strong relationships make it easier to work with people and they'll be more inclined to want to work with you, creating less friction between them and the legal department. Despite the rise of remote work, it's still possible to build strong relationships. Here are five quick tips. One, build personal connections. Get to know your stakeholders and what their interests are both inside and outside of work. 2. Be positive. We all have that colleague who's just a joy to work with. So be that person. 3. Be honest. Never overpromise or underdeliver when it's within your power. 4. Attend other teams' meetings. This will help you absorb relevant information and contribute helpful insights when appropriate. 5. Always aim for a win-win solution. Use everything you know about your stakeholder to balance your legal desires with the business motivations. Um, And in terms of accomplishing this building, building a great legal brand internally, what kind of mindset and and approach do you need? I suppose, because from from my perspective, I'm seeing I'm lucky enough to speak to lots of cool in-house legal people such as yourself, and I do kind of get an aura that you're all very enthusiastic and great and forward thinking and progressive and things like that so i'd just be interested to hear your thoughts on what kind of mindset is needed to to build this internal brand successfully
1: uh well you know how in in sort of in startup culture they talk about being disruptive i think legal is the perfect place to be disruptive and and i say that (laughs) in in a nice way you know don't disrupt everything and don't do illegal things but i think like (laughs) The, the law firm world is easily disrupted. The in-house world is, is relatively easily disrupted as well. And I think that means that you have the opportunity to make good trouble and to sort of raise, raise the bar of what legal should be and have a point of view. I mean, this is something I talk about a lot. And this is not necessarily just with legal. It's you've got to have a point of view. And I say that in the sense of we have an internal meeting and somebody comes with a problem. My biggest pet peeve is when you don't have a suggestion or a solution. We had an issue that I raised this week with our leadership team. I said, this is an issue. I'm calling it out again. This is a big issue. I've, I've mentioned this issue before. I'm mentioning it again. And, yep. here's, what, and here's what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to create a series of slides and come back to you with some – recommend. come back to this group with recommendations. To me, that's your opportunity. As a lawyer, it's probably your opportunity anywhere in the business. But mm-hmm. like that's your opportunity. Have a point of view. What's the point if you don't have a point of view? And I think some lawyers mm-hmm. are afraid to have a point of view, especially law firm lawyers. And the ones mm-hmm. that I ultimately choose to work with have a take and they have an opinion. Yeah. They don't tell me what to do and they're they're, they're careful. And they, but those that get in the room and bat it around and have the discussion together, like that's where you win. And that's our opportunity as lawyers to be different. And I, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's like, I do think there's a sea change and I think it's happened and it's continuing to happen. And so I think you'll see more law firms react to this too and show up in different ways. Already one of my requirements, soft requirement is that I can text my outside counsel. That sounds yeah. that sounds little, but it's not. I can't tell you how many law firms are like, please don't text us. Attorney-client privilege rules and like, blah blah blah. Like, yeah. I get it. I get it. If I'm in a litigation, I'm not going to text you. Okay, I get it. Like, I'm not yeah. going to do that. But if I have a one-off thought in my mind that I want to go back and forth with you, I that's where I am. Meet me where I am.
0: And and from from your experience, what does good. A good legal brand internally look like, and I suppose maybe another question would be, and and would the company agree as well? <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I'm totally biased, <laughs> but my, <laughs> my 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 company my company would agree. Um, yeah, I think my last four companies would agree, and that's not that's not to say that's about me, but the things that I've learned over time and put into place, I think they create for a pretty good legal culture, and mm-hmm. um and it, it creates it creates advocates. So when I, something is said on LinkedIn, I've had salespeople like actively talk about us on LinkedIn or other platforms or on Slack internally about how we helped them be a part of the team. When when I joined um, DataZoo, it was the first sales sales culture I'd been a part of. And we were working on a deal with a big concert promotion company. And we closed this deal. And I remember there was a gong, somebody rang the gong, and everybody was like celebrating and high fiving. And they like, sought me out to to be part of the high fiving. And that was yeah. not that was not something I was used to as a law firm yeah. attorney at all. <laughs> like, not at all. And not and not even at Ameritrade either. We didn't like we we first of all we were distributed highly, but but still we didn't like high five each other after deals, you know, and so that that was like oh I can practice law this way I can actually be on the team, and that mm-hmm. takes me back to youth sports, it takes me back to you know yeah. uh, camping trips with my friends, like all of that camaraderie and that stuff mm-hmm. that ended up really fueling what I want to create and what I want to c- continue to create for legal. And and um, it makes it makes those times when you have to make a withdrawal easier, because mm-hmm. it's like an emotional bank account. You fill up the emotional bank account, and then occasionally I have to say, "Hey, like this idea is totally messed up. Like we can't do this." And I need you know I need the people to be like, "Oh, that this team is on our team. They're not throwing this idea out because." that's their nature you know there mm-hmm. there's a reason and then you get in a room and you explain the reason or you get on a call and you walk through like this is why this is really risky so risky so that i'm that i'm saying we should stop but yeah. then you have to be open to the idea that someone's going to come back at you and say well, what if we did it this way what if we did it this way are you sure are you sure this risk outweighs the benefit? And then you have to have an open conversation.
0: Mm-hmm, totally. But yeah, the reason I asked actually um, whether the company would agree was because, as you were saying, I'm seeing more and more on LinkedIn and the likes of other teams talking about how great their relationship with legal is. Um, and I just think it's it's fantastic and it's great to see it going that way. But I guess it shows that it is a movement, the fact yeah. that they're surprised.
1: <laughs> it's another disruptor, right? It's, it's unexpected. Yeah. And it's unexpected. And what's funny about it is that it's so easy. It's so Mm -hmm. easy to be kind and open and talk to your team about why you think things, but for some reason, people just don't invest in it enough.
0: Part of building a strong legal brand internally is about aligning yourself to the ambition of the business and evidencing this through action. Often, this means legal teams need to be more disruptive. And to be disruptive, you firstly have to think outside the box. Don't be constrained by the way things have always been done and instead challenge conventional legal thinking. Secondly, be confident in sharing your point of view. You have significant value to offer, so share it. Then be open to a back and forth conversation with your business colleagues. They might challenge your advice, you might challenge their preferences, but it's likely that between you, find an even better solution. And on that note, lastly, always come armed with a solution. If you present an issue to the business, be sure to clearly explain the size of the challenge and offer a way forward. Yeah, totally. And from a kind of business impact point of view, what are the kind of benefits that that could result from a better internal legal culture and legal brand internally?
1: I think what happens is, When you build a good brand and then you have to make asks and you explain why you're making those asks, Mm -hmm. purely from a GC perspective, you get more of what you need. And so what I need is I need salespeople identifying that these five things are incredibly not good for the business. Mm -hmm. So we need to work to avoid those. And these things, these other things over here are less important. That's okay. If I establish that, then we're getting good contracts, and we're getting consistency across our contracts. As a GC and legal team inside, one big thing you want when it comes to contracts is consistency. When someone goes to inspect those, do a round of financing, look at your documents, you're you're going public, you're selling a company, whatever. When that big company moment comes around. Your consistency around deals you've been doing is very important. Your consistency with your approach to compliance. Have I been looking at things and documenting them? Have I mm-hmm. shown my work? And that involves other teams, right? That can't just be legal. So it's all sort of in one big, big bucket of of give and get.
0: It's It feels like with this amazing internal legal brand, not only are you becoming part of their teams but they're wanting to get involved with legal no more proactively less than you know stop trying to push legal away and kind of welcome it in earlier on as well perhaps that happens
1: a lot that happens a lot in certain areas of the business and i think like when you're in a tech company i can speak to this specifically in tech Mm -hmm. world where there's a lot of data privacy and data security issues you need champions in the business outside of legal people that are inherently interested in those issues, think they're important and can help you drive those issues forward in the business. So mm-hmm. that that's critical. Like you've got to have those people and you've got to nurture them. And so yeah. we do that by, we have a separate Slack channel called privacy champs. We, I took like a bunch of us went on a hike and went for ice cream, like, and we're chatting about privacy a little, but we're also mm-hmm. like going on a hike and having ice cream with people. like, it's just simple it sounds simple, right? But it's it's mm-hmm. how do you build that advocacy inside the business? Well, like you make you make a bond with someone and then yeah. you go solve a really hard problem together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what does it. It happens in product a lot. It's it's harder to get to get sales advocacy, so you have to work harder and to get that done, you actually have to help them understand why they'll close the deal faster. Mhm. I think that yeah, helps. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah definitely articulating that business value for yeah. sure is yeah. always a a great one, especially when there's um a monetary value attached to it, I think for the sales team, huh yeah um yeah. that's so cool though if you're you know using ice cream as a as a carrot on the end of a stick, I'm sure lots of people will be happy to get involved.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fun and
0: do you are are these did you hand pick these privacy champions or how how does that sort of thing come about?
1: Good question. Some of them raise their hand. And then you nurture, like, mm-hmm. hey, you should look at this article. You should, you know, check out this thing. Or here's here's my take on this issue. What's your take on it? Ad ad tech is really interesting for privacy. Um, health is interesting. So maybe there there are things we can talk about. So I try to nurture some of those things. And some of them, it's just they, they for the most part, people are really are really willing to be interested. I think mm-hmm. if you if you tee it up in a way that's relevant to them then that part is is pretty easy. So for example we, my legal um, my deputy general counsel and myself we met with our head of product recently and we're we're in the process of onboarding three or four really critical vendor relationships where those vendors mm-hmm. will tie into the platform, you know. So it's not it's not just like, you know, the the um <laughs> food vendor you know it's yeah. it's something it's something different you know it's it's a, a tech partner and so mm-hmm. we were on the on a call with her stepping through why these relationships are so critical from a from a legal perspective she knows why they're critical from a product and pro- and, and technical perspective she vetted those vendors and picked them and then it's incumbent mm-hmm. upon us to have a conversation with her about like these are the things that are going to be really important contractually legally going forward you know, and and so it's incumbent upon us to like proactively have that conversation and pull that champion out that way.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Totally. That makes total sense. I, I'm hearing um, people I'm speaking with having more and more success as well, building relationships by almost asking um, non-lawyers their opinions on legal matters. If of, especially when they're like maybe closer to the context of whatever it is that they're working on and kind of building the relationship from there which i think is quite a cool idea as well
1: (laughs) yeah do you get asked do you get asked that does that happen to you
0: um maybe not myself no i'm more hearing it from um people i guess maybe in slightly larger um i guess the people that tend to tell me that are quite scaling scale-ups i would say um, when they're really being pushed to to move faster and really need the buy-in of other teams to help kind of tie everything together and integrate I, legal into processes, I it's suppose.
1: It's interesting. I think you need it at every size. Having yeah, been at, yeah. having been at multiple sizes, I've been through this the mm-hmm. scale up, and that's right. You do need mm-hmm. I need product to lean in hard on certain things. I need engineering to lean in on uh, mm-hmm. build building a privacy feature. like that's yeah. true. But I also think you need it from a content perspective, especially if your mm. business, if your business has anything that legal can amplify, that you're mm-hmm. hi- being good at legal can amplify your business in any way. Yeah, that's a partnership with content. That's a partnership opportunity.
0: Yes. Yeah. That said, yes, we do do a lot around GDPR and the like. So yeah. I suppose yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> but you're probably doing um, it.
1: You're probably doing it from a strategic angle, right? Like you're not just. It's not just hey, we're good at GDPR, that's, at this point, you know, I would hope from a lot of companies that's a dime a dozen. What's really mm-hmm. important is we're good, we've we've accomplished some things, we have a program, but here's why that program serves our customers.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, yeah we've got a, a really great um, lawyer help but working with us to always ensure GDPR's fit compliance and all that. But, yeah, we have been talking about things of how we can <laughs> – there's such an opportunity for businesses to go above and beyond, I think, and I think lawyers are helping businesses realise that, and it's, that it's such an opportunity. So we'll hopefully be capitalising on some of the the above and beyond um, parts of the law as well, I guess. Which is preach exciting.
1: on, preach. Yeah. <laughs>
0: cool. Well, I think that's about all um, I was hoping to to cover with you today. I don't know if you have any final comments on anything. Anything at all, really, but of course, referring to, uh, no. around internal brand as well. Just
1: appreciate it, you having me on, fun conversation.
0: Yeah, no, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate your your time and your expertise and sharing all your experience and insights. So, thank you so much. Absolutely. <laughs>